Hi there, you're listening to episode 101 of the Business of Making podcast. In this episode, we talk all about formulas for pricing your handmade products. We hope you enjoy it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Hello and welcome back to another week of the Business of Making podcast. I'm Michaela and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Jess. G'day all. And Deb. Bonjour. And we are here today to talk about pricing, which everyone loves. Oh my God, I'm in a little bit of a mood today, which is <laughs> going to be interesting throughout the episode. But before we dive in, and Michaela does her opera singing throughout the episode, uh, I just wanted to, <laughs> it's going to be great. I just wanted to, this is what happens when we record in the afternoon. On a Friday. On a Friday. <laughs> so I'm just laughing at your cats too. She's got two kittens oh, and they're yeah. like playing in the background. It's very cute. They'll this distract them. Adorable. Very distracting. Time. I'm not really looking at you. I'm just looking at the little furry thing. Well, that's fine. Like that. Don't even listen to what I'm saying then. Um, <laughs> before we dive in though, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, we would like to shout out to a couple of our Patreon um, supporters because you guys are our lifeblood of making the <laughs> podcast work absolutely and we really really appreciate you so the two that i would like to shout out to today first of all we have monica from hey buy and if you want to check out her website it is heybuy.shop so h-e-y-b-y-e.shop monica is from uh portland i believe and she makes these amazing (laughs) i should actually get deb to describe it because she's like salivating over these jackets she wants to buy one right now (laughs) Yeah, I had a little moment before we went on air. I'll have to say on air like we're on radio. Mm, Um, We're official. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, just I just think they're amazing. But, I mean, you know, everyone has their own taste. But, yeah, they're kind of like. I think they look very you, very. Do they? They do. Yeah, you should get one. (laughs) Essentially, she, I I believe, that's what I'm understanding from looking at the website. But I'm not the one doing the intro, so I could be wrong. I haven't read everything about it. Um, she finds like, you know, old quilts and vintage pieces of fabric and kind of like repurpose them into those beautiful like coats and jackets that have kind of like a retro vintage style to them. Yeah. Very comfortable. They have like bell kind of sleeves. Really cool. Yeah, I want one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell. They all sold out as common too. So you're going to uh, make more, Monica. <laughs> make more. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful work. So definitely go and check Monica's work out, especially if you're a um, quilter also because you'll find that affinity and maybe you can make friends and be handmade friends forever. Um, so thank you so much, <laughs> Monica, for being one of our very valued patron members. And our second person that I would love to shout out to, uh, the Second person is Brittany. I was just <laughs> figuring out which name I was looking at there <laughs> from January June Co. So uh, the website is JanuaryJuneCo.com. And I love Brittany's about page. It says, um, 
who we are. We are mothers, we are daughters, we are women, and it's our duty to lift one another up so that tomorrow is a little bit brighter, not only for ourselves but for our children. And their mission is to spread positivity by creating empowering handmade goods that make you feel great. So January Junco um, makes hand-stamped teas and oversized scrunchies um, or like one-of-a-kind teas for kids and um, adults and hair clips and all sorts of fun things. Vinyl stickers as well, which is, um, they're super cute. They're like, this is, this is the, the first one was for you, Deborah. Now this one's for <laughs> one, uh, one of everything would be really cute. And I love the product photos too, because they've got them on their, um, <clears throat> stickers on their laptops. And I'm like, Oh, I definitely need a sticker for my laptop. <laughs> that is good marketing. Um, yeah, they're super cute little designs and the, oh, everything's, um, I have no other adjective. Like, it's, it's actually really cute. positive. It's funny when you yes. look at yeah. it. It's really happy and positive and, yeah, and I've just gone to the site now myself and it's actually spreading positivity by creating empowering handmade goods that make you feel great. But that really shines through. Like I love the images. Yeah, it really does. See, I love this idea as well, like you said, Mick, of showing this is why like product photos can be so good. Not only do they show them like stickers on their laptops, there's one here with like stickers on your water bottle. Mm-hmm. So it's like showing you where to context. put the stickers because yeah. you're not, why would you buy it? Where would you put a sticker? Well, here's some yeah. examples for you. All so. the examples. And even like the oversized scrunchies are not always in the hair. Like it's sometimes it's on their wrist or yeah, it's mm. really cool. Good job. Good job. Yeah, everyone. oversized scrunchies are great as like bracelets. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So that website again is januaryjuneco.com. It's very, um, the, the aesthetic of the website is really nice too. It is. Thank you for supporting yeah. us. Thank you. I'm like, I can't, I can't finish anything. <laughs> it's like when I'm trying to say goodbye to my students if we're on a Zoom, I just keep talking for them. I'm like, you guys should just leave because I'm just going to, I can't wrap it up. It's not happening. Thank you for being our supporters. We very much appreciate you. And if you are not one of our supporters and you'd like to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash T-B-O-M. Uh, we do do an extra patrons only episode every month as well. So you do, and I'm glad you jumped in there with that information thanks. because uh, <laughs> I was not going to do that. I was just I reading the, the room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's we a good read. We don't we don't run any advertising or anything else on this show, so that is how we keep the show going. So thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. This show is brought to you by Other Makers. That's right. <laughs> yes, it exactly. really is. Uh, we should do a little thing now. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> that is cute. Uh, so today. We are talking about pricing and uh, everyone's favorite so topic. The, everyone's favorite topic, <laughs> pricing and how do you price? And I think probably a question that a lot of us get all like all the time, all the time, <laughs> is how do I price my goods? And people want a formula to do that. So we're talking about a formula for pricing your handmade products, and we'll get into a little bit of a discussion around um, when formulas might work and when they don't work, and all the complexities within that. So, yes, let's do that now. Yes, today, today, <laughs> today is the maths and then um, our next episode is going to be the art of pricing. Yeah. So today's the science, our next episode is the art of pricing. But the fun science. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it is a fun science. It's not boring. Deb's like spreadsheets, formulas. Yeah, yeah it's Yay. funny because pricing is like so important but it's also something I feel that a lot of makers learn the hard way. Like mm. you most people start sort of doing a little guesstimate of like, I think I should sell those for that much. That sounds about right. 
Mm-hmm. And then you sell it to you and you're like, actually, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. You, know, you run into a few problems and you're like, oh, I didn't account for tax and fees and things. And this is a bit short on my profit margin here. And so, you know, it's usually when you have that pain point that you go into like, okay, let's redo all the calculation. But what we would love for you all to do is actually do the math before you start selling so that you can feel like confident that you have profit margin to actually run the healthy business yeah, and yeah. pay yourself and you know not have that stress and because we don't want you to create a job for yourself that pays less than a minimum wage essentially mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot in our industry of that happening yeah a, a lot, lot. lot. Michaela do you know the current minimum wage 20 something is it 22 dollars in Australia that about five years ago was that so I'm not sure okay. what it is now but it's around that yeah so in Australia that is the mandated minimum wage for an adult so you should be charging yourself at least that per hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that twenty two what per what? I was like what? hour <laughs> per hour. Twenty two dollars per, per hour. hour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it would minimum be wage. if you're qualified in any sense in your art, it will be higher than that. Yes. Much higher. And even as an artist or maker or craftsperson, it should be higher than that anyway. That's minimum. That's like going to Macca's and working. Mm-hmm. You know. So like, if you're not charging yourself more than that. You got to really that's what, question that's why you're putting in hospital. That's what I was making as like a waitress in hospitality. Yeah. That's so I know in America, those Americans listening are like, what? Minimum wage? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys don't really have that as a concept so much uh, or a legislation like we do. Um, don't they? Even at like the state level? They don't I, have, like, maybe. I think it varies. I don't know enough, but I get I get the feeling it's not really a thing Mm. um that's why tipping is such a big thing in america because Mm. people get paid such crap wages that they need tips to survive um which is not a thing in australia what about in europe do you guys have a mandated or in france minimum wage that definitely is i do not know what it is now because i've been out of there for like a decade now (laughs) (laughs) but there definitely is um i want to say it'd be around eight nine euros yeah i guess I feel like a lot of French people listening right now could be like, Deb, that's like 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's probably a bit higher. Really strong too. Yes, it no? is. It's almost like two Australian dollars to a euro-ish. Last yeah, time I checked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know because when I go back home, I'm like, everything is really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, Maker. Are you loving the business of making podcasts? We're loving bringing it to you, but we really need your support to continue producing the show. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a special secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. Yeah, so can I also just point out the tax thing? Because I think that is a thing that is completely ignored in most um, calculations is tax. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about all the other expenses, but then you totally completely forget that no matter what you earn, it's like something like somewhere around 30%, depending on where you are and all that. But let's just ballpark 30% at least is going to go to the government in taxes. Mm. So that's a huge chunk. Yeah. Of your, it's like a third almost yeah. of what you make has to go in tax. And you have to save that money, people, because then you have to give it to the government. So it's not like when you work a job and they take your tax out and you never even notice it's gone. Like if you're running a business, you need to set that money aside 
and make sure you, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard around tax time from my people. (laughs) They're like, oh my God, I totally didn't even think about the fact I had to pay tax and I haven't put any money aside and I don't have the money for it and freaking out about it. And like, it's essential from the beginning that you calculate that in and keep that money saved somewhere. Um, I mean, it's good for people like in Australia, we have uh, something called BAS. So you do like a quarterly um, thing to the tax office and you if you're registered for GST which is general sales tax here in Australia which most of you probably aren't because you ha- you don't have to register for it until you're paying uh, sorry until you're earning over $75,000 a year but it's good because in that way you know it forces you to pay your tax quarterly rather than just paying it in one <laughs> one lump sum once a year because like that's a lot of money and it can be really painful to do but you have to do it it's a non-negotiable I don't, how does it work in the States? I've got no idea. I don't know. How does know. tax work? I don't know. <laughs> sorry, guys, yes, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're not, we're Australian experts, yeah, not the no other idea. way. <laughs> Look, else. when I had to do American tax returns, I just did a yearly tax return and I never had to pay tax because I didn't earn enough and they have a reciprocal agreement with Australia. But, yeah, I just did like a yearly tax return and in that tax return I did, you know, a business addendum and all that sort of jazz. So, yeah, mm. but I don't know what it's like for people who that's their only I don't tax. know what it is in Europe as well. That would be different for every country, obviously. Mm. But yeah, so I you need to work it out. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to work that out because maybe. So before, okay. So if we're going to talk about math and like actual calculation, of course we can look at the product itself and the cost and all of that because that's kind of like the sciency part of pricing. But also maybe just a little reminder of like why it's so important because I feel like a lot of people go. If I sell a product for $10, I've made $10 and it's like, okay, well, take obviously all of the cost of producing the product in the first place. Then like, you know, comparing kind of like revenue versus sales versus gross profit, net profit, so that people understand like Mm. even what we call profit, like your profit margin, even that still needs to cover some expenses that aren't in your product cost. Like, Let's define all that stuff. Yeah, I think we need to Mm. so that people realize like, oh, yeah, so what I'm actually putting in my personal bank account is not much. Like it's a small percentage of, you know, everything, which is why you need to start probably higher than where you're at now. (laughs) Can we just rewind slightly Mm -hmm. and like lay out the very standard basic formula of what most people will come across if they search online? What is my pricing formula? Mm -hmm. And so we can go into like why that's not going to work. Why it's wrong. Because we're about (laughs) to go into that anyway. Yes, do it. Yeah. So, well, I can't, I don't even, I can't remember. It's like materials times plus labor times two is wholesale and then times two again is retail something like that. Yeah, that's the absolute most basic. Yeah. (laughs) You're like just materials and labor and that's it. I'm actually squeezing my chair really like tightly. You know, it's like, (laughs) no. It's so basic. Like it's basic and basic. At least if you're doing materials plus labor times two at least that's something more than just materials like we're going in a good direction that's a good start Mm -hmm. but it is Mm -hmm. a very very basic start yeah yeah and I mean I think it's worth noting that most people listening to this will be in a place I would think where they've started at least either pricing their stuff and maybe they're not sure how to do it or they've like you know done a little bit of trial and error but there's going to be those people out there who do need somewhere to start, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. I don't want us to be like, this is wrong and you shouldn't do this and mm-hmm. like feel bad because you've done it like this. That's not what we're trying to do. It's 
just pointing out like, okay, yeah, that's fine to start there, but very quickly you need to realize there's all this other stuff that's not actually included in that basic formula mm, yeah. and here's how to do it so you can actually make yeah. like more profit. But essentially, like, so if you break it down, what this formula, there's a few variations of them you'll find online. Some of them will be like one times 1.5, but it's always like cost times a, what they call a profit multiplier, so like times two in that case or times 1.5 or whatever that formula says that you found equal price and usually that's your wholesale price and then you put another profit multiplier on that to get to retail the base like the one formula that the thing that's true at all times with pricing is like cost plus markup equal price that's it that's the only like universal truth mm. the rest is kind of like a, an oversimplification that I feel was made so that people had something to start with but that is a little dangerous if you don't question it and that's what I encourage people to do because it's like, why times two? <laughs> yeah. I think it's too why? like for people who are just starting out is to at least yeah. encompass the stuff that they don't know exists yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they're not just pricing it as the pro- the, the the materials cost, you know, like well, yeah. this, this cost me $5 to make, so I'll charge $6 and there yeah. we are. <laughs> it's like... You know, at least it's something, and mm. I think that's probably where it originated from in the first place was to try and get people out of that, like, so severely undercharging. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is great, but also sometimes even the times two is undercharging. Yeah. Mm. Totally. I was giving an example in a video I did recently where I was like, okay, so if you end up with a price with that formula that's $24 or something for, I don't know, I think I used a candle in an example because you take your cost times two, uh, to, for wholesale times two for retail, you get to 24, you sell that candle for 24, it feels right. So you're like, okay, cool. I'm happy with that. But what if the market, what if your ideal customer was willing to spend 35? Yeah. Left $11 of profit, pure profit on the table for every single sale, mm-hmm. uh, which depending on how much a profit out of the $24, what could be like double your profit. This is this is a big consideration, you know. So it, it's this is where I'm like, okay, times two is like a good starting point, but it's not a universal answer. Every business has a different profit margin. Every collection, every item, sometimes in the same business have different profit margin. Mm-hmm. You can't, if not, you could just go to the supermarket, look at everything, divide by two, and know how much it's the cost was to create that product which is obviously not true yeah um you know especially when you go into like luxurious stuff which i hope you're positioning your products as luxurious (laughs) items because they are (laughs) yeah exactly and i mean this is the example i always give around this and we're going to talk more about this in another episode so i won't go into it too much but i mean just think about like really fancy brands i don't know louis vuitton bags there's absolutely no logical reason for them to be thousands of dollars is there Mm. No, exactly. The, yeah. the type of leather is not something. No. It's the type of leather that's no. different to any other. It's got nothing to do with the materials or production costs. This probably gets made in the same Chinese factory. They did not use the times two formula. I can tell you no, that. Yeah, they did not use that. No, they talked about perceived value, but we'll talk about that next episode. Hundred percent. So I think, but I think that's the important part. So it's like, okay, the one formula, the one and only formula, uh, that's too vague, so no one likes <laughs> it. But it's the only truth: is cost plus markup equal price. So I think in this episode we can cover cost, which is yes. like math, science. There's definitely for like that's mm-hmm. just numbers. And then in the next episode we can talk about markup, mm-hmm. <laughs> and essentially that's going to be based on perceived value, or sometimes it's called value-based pricing. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to define what your profit margin or your markup will be on top of your cost. So yeah, 
this is the clarification we wanted to make. Like, don't oversimplify, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So let's start talking about what goes into cost because it's mm-hmm. not just the cost of the materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got that, obviously. So that's that's materials. the most. Yeah, materials, <laughs> done. Okay, so the second thing, the second obvious thing is the time it takes mm-hmm. you to make it, so your labour cost. Mm-hmm. Now, this is complicated because, again, like we said, you need to be, you know, how much are you charging per hour for your work? How long does it take you to make this particular item? Um, a lot of people will say, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know because I've never yeah. actually timed myself. So think about that. You need to you need to do that. You need to go. Okay, well, if I make this item regularly, like if it's a reproducible item, time yourself doing it. Either time yourself from beginning to end, or make batches and time yourself, and then divide it by how many items were in the batch. But whatever it is, you need to work out the amount of time it takes you. If it's a one of a kind item, you need to kind of keep track of that when you're going. Or maybe think back and go, okay, well, I've made something similar. Let's let's time myself next time I make something similar and then I can work that out. Um, and, you know, over time, as you make the same item over and over again, you'll get a, you'll get a sense of how long it takes mm-hmm. you. But it's important mm-hmm. not to skip this step because you might be severely underestimating how much time it's taking you to make an item from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the average thing as well, something mm-hmm. I always recommend. You know, it doesn't mean... You should always make in batch if that's not your strategy for inventory and stock and all. But at least as a first kind of exercise, it's good because it's never really going to be exactly the same. Like sometimes there's a product that you might be like, well, that went really smooth. And then the second one, you're like, oh, great, glue everywhere. Yeah. You know, and so you start again. So it kind of like averages out all of these little imperfections, which is kind of part of Mm -hmm. the handmade process. Um, Plus you have five items then or whatever, however many you decide to make, you've got stock. (laughs) Done. Um, yeah. So very important. But then I feel like the question that people ask often when you talk about labor is like, okay, so how much is the hourly, like how much is it mm. worth hourly, mm. what I'm making? Of course, mm. always above minimum wage. Like don't start mm. under that because people do that. They're like, oh, I yeah. feel like $8. And I'm like, oh, cool. So <laughs> like <laughs> less than half the minimum wage. That's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, but, you know, as you were saying, Michaela, it's also like there's skills I go into it. And I feel mm. like that's what's a little bit difficult. It's like, okay. Yeah. I think too, um, different uh, parts of the making could be worth different amounts, as in mm. the actual design of something, the time that it takes you to design something might actually be worth, be worth more per hour than the time it takes to make it. Maybe it's really super quick to make. Mm-hmm. And so the making part is, you know, 20, 25 bucks an hour, whatever. Yeah, I feel like we've opened a can of worms. Yeah, I so. To, I, need to, I need to go into this. I don't know if Jess, you're going to say the same thing, but yeah, no. designing. Yes, that's really outside. important. Yeah. No, that's not. Oh, wait. Okay. Are we talking about the same thing? <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking about all the people who make like printables and stuff and they're all like patterns and they're always like, well, how do I calculate a price? Because I spend all this time designing the pattern and, you know, testing it and stuff and then I sell it. But how do I put Multiples that? Of it, yeah. Though. How do I put that into the pricing? Because I don't know how many I'm going to sell. Yeah. Okay. That and also just anything that you create. Like mm-hmm. when you go and make a new ring, you might have spent 15 hours coming up with that new design. Yeah. Or however many, I don't know. Sometimes it's two years because it was just an mm. idea that like the resistance, you know, <laughs> listen to our latest book. Sometimes it's four minutes and you like have a spark of genius and you're like, boom, new product. Great. Mm. It looks fantastic. This part, the the creative genius part, it doesn't come into 
the production cost, which is called like material supplies, the COGS thing, cost of goods sold. That's outside of that scope. Exactly like we don't charge for the time we spend creating courses that then we sell for like what would be worth a minute of our time in a membership. Yeah, sorry. I I brought it up as not part of the formula, but as part of the how much are you paying yourself per thing that you're Yeah, 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 yeah. That you still get paid for that creative genius, but that's out of your expenses, like out of yeah, your yeah, yeah. Uh, profit margin, essentially. It's like mm. that's an expense. Yep. Like, imagine if you had a bigger business, if you grew and you hired a creative director or, I don't know, fashion designer to like help you with new collections and stuff, that the salary of that person that whose job it is to create products and new design isn't coming into the pricing of the like the cogs you know the cost yeah of- yeah so generally i agree um but i think jess has a really good point in that when it is a reproducible item where there's no labor involved in reproducing mm. it like downloads or something like that it's mm-hmm. different it's just a different thing That's a so different, you do yeah. have to take into account the expertise that was put into that and make that yeah. as part of the price like you don't sell something for two dollars just because you can sell 200 of them like mm-hmm. that's not that's perceived yeah that do. goes into perceived yeah. value that's, so that's next, like in the market <laughs> yeah that is super important and that's definitely in there at that that time of creation the genius in there they're like when you have the idea the skills that you have for like graphic design for stuff like uh digital downloads mm-hmm. markup yeah but like the mm-hmm. actual cost of the product yeah you know because once you've done it, once you have the idea, it doesn't cost you another 15 hours every time you do the product. Yeah, yeah, no. totally. And you can't yes. charge so someone, like you can't charge in your item like for how quickly you've had a good idea. So I don't think someone. anyone is like, um, <laughs> I don't think anyone listening to this would be like, oh, I, I took 15 hours, so I'm going to charge that amount every time. No, you know, everyone has the opposite problem. <laughs> a lot of people that really do ask, what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. I know because I've been talking about pricing a lot recently and we've had this conversation so many times in my community about creating. But it's because they're under, under, like they don't know what to do with that time and they're undercharging already, right? It's not because they're saying, oh, I've just realized that I've spent 15 hours designing it so I'm going to now charge $1,500 per item, you know. Like I don't think a lot of people are doing that already. They're not. They're not thinking that direction. I think they're thinking the other direction. Like, oh, I totally forgot that I spent fifteen hours designing yeah. this, and I should incorporate that price somehow in my <laughs> yeah. goods. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Um, but just going back to the different um, like rates of pay. If we take out the like design part of it, then I was just sort of thinking about like how much I would charge as a designer per hour being a lot higher than like cutting fabric, for example. Mm -hmm. But if you're thinking about the actual just the making and manufacturing the labour cost, um, then, you know, things like uh, the time it takes to package it, I would charge at less than the time it takes to like bang out the metal of the ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really, 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 really good point. Do that at different like you need to break down your creation process and imagine that you can have different people doing different tasks. So if you were to yeah. hire out someone to do the packaging, that person maybe would be paid minimum wage. Mm. But if you were to replace yourself to like, I don't know, do some like melting of glass and freaking mm. crazy skill things. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think about something really that I would have no idea how to do and probably would hurt <laughs> yeah. myself doing. Yeah, glass blowing. <laughs> well, and then, I mean, I would put the packaging stuff in your shipping costs. Like that to me is po- packaging. What is it called? Uh, postage and handling. But the time to do it as yeah. well? postage and handling. That, that's kind of where I think about that as in my own But work. like if like, it's, I don't know, 
I it would depend, I think, in my books. It would be like not just the time to put it in the envelope and but if you're actually like packaging up your product as in like it comes in a sort of a package like and a little paper so you have your fancy things or yeah, you're wrapping it up and putting bows on it or whatever. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I've always yeah, in my head I've always thought of that as part of the postage cost. Like that's why I always say to people, you know, you need to add a bit of money on top of your actual postage costs. Like you shouldn't for your postage, you shouldn't be charging exactly what it costs you to post the item because there's a handling cost. Like it takes you, not only does it take you time to wrap this thing up, because let's be honest, we're probably all wrapping them up looking pretty, but you've got to charge for your materials of your, of your packaging. So I guess where do you, where do you put that? Yeah. So you can put that in the product cost or you put it in the shipping cost, but it's really the one thing at the end of the day, because it's the cost of, you know, getting the item to someone. It's like, do you, do you just have like, is it covered? (laughs) Yeah. Because, but I mean, if someone's selling at markets, they're not. They don't have to charge the posting. postage and handling costs because they're just chucking it in a bag. So that that's why I always thought about but that's it my separate. point. Like if there's um, that, I'm not talking about postage. I'm talking about packaging. Yeah. Different. Okay. So like <laughs> at markets, they could be still packaging it. That's and true. Then if you're putting only that cost in the postage, then they're not. They wouldn't be charging it. You know. Mm. See, this is so a, it depends this on is your a, product. This is a nuance. <laughs> it's a nuance. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. nuance. Both are, both are fine. I usually recommend what Mikula is saying, but the other one works too. It's covered. That's mm, the bottom As long line. as it's, it's covered. covered. Yeah. Is it covered? Yeah. Or did you just yeah. totally forgot that this? Are you charging it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that it takes materials too. So, like, packaging, when you like, yes. Don't forget to add your packaging supplies as part of your product supply. Like, that's the same yeah. thing. And if you pay, um, if you're being charged for shipping for, from your packaging supplier, that's also something. It's essentially, it just adds up to your packaging cost. Yeah, like that has to go into your cogs or co- this is just an horrible thing to say. Cogs, right? Cogs. I don't know. I don't like it. Cost of goods sold. Yeah, supplies, whatever. Your costs. Your costs. That's okay. Yeah. So it has to be. It has to be taken into the calculation. Yeah. Of. Your cost. Something yeah, I want price. to touch on while we're on the material as well is because I know a lot of people often do the calculation and then they're like, whoa, this is super high. <laughs> My prices are crazy looking. So let's start about like maybe we can talk a little bit about what you can do at each step to try and minimize that. And mm-hmm. I feel like one thing there is a lot of people still buying from expensive retail shops. Oh, yeah. Supplies from. So like you're buying retail and then you're trying to mark up the retail price yourself. So of course your prices are going crazy high. Mm-hmm. And I understand that when you're just trying a new product, you might want, not want to like buy in bulk. Uh, but as soon as you can, I don't know, just what you you would say, but I'm guessing you're bulking all those. Yeah, I, I as much as possible buy things in bulk or at cost price. Mm. Um, my silver is not at wholesale price, but it's like trade prices. So it's less than retail, but not full wholesale. Just because mm. I remember when I was first wholesale. starting, and I would always buy everything in bulk, even when I wasn't really. <laughs> yeah, but that's you. To. You go big with everything. <laughs> big. I have so many, so much acrylic still. Like, <laughs> you need to sell I'm, that shit off. I know. I haven't been selling. I think I worked out for five or six years. I'm super keen to start it again. Like, oh I'm, really? I'm, yeah, yeah. Because you need I'm, another I'm, thing to do. do. I know. Well, that's why I haven't done it. But I would like to. That's why I haven't chucked anything away because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to open my store again. In 20 years' time when my kids are grown up and I've finished my PhD and I'm I'm retired. All the materials will be there ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, buying in bulk or wholesale or cost price or trade price, whatever you can do to minimise that. Like you shouldn't be going to the post office and buying their envelopes from over the counter. (laughs) That's that's not how you should be shipping stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the you should all. I mean, I keep going back to Australia. Sorry, get an ABN because that'll allow you oh, to yeah. wholesale things. Um, everyone yeah. else, I don't know how you do it. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know how you get wholesale stuff in the US. That's one of the benefits of being registered for GST in Australia is that you can then get all your GST back on everything you buy. Mm. You know, sure you have to charge it, but you know you get all that money back. So it's nice yeah. to get that mm. money back. I mean, I always take i always collect more gst than i get back from the government but you know it's it's still some it's a little saving that you wouldn't get otherwise yeah mm, for sure so yeah make sure to shop around buy in bulk like buy online um it can be scary like i remember like the last order of envelopes i put in was like for like a thousand envelopes or something ridiculous mm. which we're still going through but when you you know when you've been in business long enough you can make those leaps um, yeah. And just go, okay, well, I know I'm going to use it eventually. So let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah. When do you, how do you, so just talk, just quickly going back to, <laughs> going back to Michaela overbuying. Um, how would you like, how would you buy a thousand envelopes? No, no, no. <laughs> what would your advice be to, for people to figure out when they're ready to do that? If you're, okay. So if you're getting regular orders, right? If you're getting to the point where you're getting, a couple of orders a week. Think think into the future and go, okay, well, I'm getting this many orders now. I've been getting this many orders for X amount of weeks or months or whatever. And just think ahead and go, okay, well, if I get, you know, how far ahead are you willing to buy? A year, two mm. years, five years? Like just kind of think about how, what's your what's your game plan? Like if you're in this for forever, if you plan on doing this for the next 10 years, then I don't know though. Like I always think I'm in something for 10 years and then I change my mind a year in and I'm like, mm, that doesn't really interest me anymore. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's it keeps interest. But you can always sell it on, right? Yeah, you can. You can sell it on. And it interests you when it's the thing that pays your bills. So, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Like for, if it's actually your job, like if it's actually mm. the thing that puts food on your table, it's going to keep interesting you. So <laughs> buy the stuff. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what? Like, I don't think we, there's a few other costs we haven't defined yet. So let's. Oh, so we've done supplies like like materials, materials, labor, packaging, and then let's tax overhead. Yes, overhead. Now, I think you would. Would you put tax into overhead, or would you keep it? I think keep it separate, just to keep, keep it, it separate. so you don't forget. <laughs> yeah, because it's not a cost that's obvious. Upside. And also because you can't. It's hard to like. It's like one of because you pay a percentage of your sales. Yeah of tax you can't put it in the price or it never ends going up like mathematically it it goes bonkers you know what i mean i'm not i'm trying to explain something but i don't yeah. know i'm really making the exponential money. thing yeah yeah so you can't add it into your cost formula but it would mm. definitely come up that's why i was saying just at the beginning i think we'll wrap up the episode with that understanding mm. once you get your sales money like you've made sales what happens with that and how you redistribute yeah. that so that you understand there's still some expenses to cover so what you need to understand about tax is in like you need to investigate how it works in your country like do you have a job as well is that going to affect your mm. tax do you have a partner or a spouse is that going to affect your tax do you have dependents is that going to affect your tax like here in australia we have a tax free threshold so you don't pay tax until you earn a certain amount of money so if you don't have another job and you're just running this business and you think you're going to earn under that amount of money you technically shouldn't end up paying tax however i would still put ballpark 30% aside mm. because it's a good idea like if you don't end up having to pay any tax 
you get a bonus at the end of the tax year. How awesome yeah. is that? But if you do have to end up paying some tax because um, what if your thing takes off? What if you end up making more money than you anticipated? And then suddenly you go over that threshold and you have to pay, start paying tax. Mm-hmm. I had so, to pay like $3,000 back once. It was real annoying. It was really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I've had tax bills where I've just gone, oh, my God. Like I was saving money for it and I knew it was coming, but sometimes they're Thankful. bigger than you anticipate. I wasn't saving <laughs> and I didn't realize it was I was like, yeah, I'm going to get tax back. Yeah. So and I was like, it's no, you owe three and a half feel like it's oh. your money, you know. It's really hard. But it's hard, if, yeah. If, if you have, like, I always say, not that it really matters right now, especially in Australia where our, like, interest rate is, like, nothing. <laughs> but if you can, have, like, a higher interest rate bit account and put that money into that account so at least it's earning a little bit of interest while it's sitting there, right? So that's a nice little money trick to do when the interest mm. rates are higher. I don't know what it's like in other countries right now, probably pretty bloody low too, but that's something that, you know, means that that money's not just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, also gets it out of your account. So you're like, it gets it out of your account. Get it out of your get it out of your transaction account. It should Mm. not be in that account. Don't trust yourself to not spend the money. Like, Mm. you need a separate account. Put it in there and make sure it's not super easy to get to. Yeah. Do you struggle with figuring out what price to put on your products? I think we've all been there and it can be really confusing and frustrating trying to work out exactly where to price our products and put them in the marketplace. So we wanted to make it a little bit easier for you by putting together a free checklist. In this checklist, we take you through all of the things you need to consider and include in your pricing and also a few of the things you might want to consider when it comes to adjusting your pricing once the math stuff has been sorted out. So you can get a hold of that free download over at thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash get freebies. What other overheads are there that people don't Lots. think about? <laughs> yeah, Lots. overheads, fun. So, so let's maybe, um, okay, so. What's an overhead? Yeah, so an overhead, an overhead is a fixed cost. So it's something that whether you make a sale or not, you have to pay. Whereas, for example, the cost of goods sold or that stuff and the labor that we were talking about before only happens when you actually produce or create an item. So if you don't make the sale, on paper, like, you know, practically you don't have to spend that money, essentially. Um, so overhead is something you have to pay even if you don't make a single sale. And that's usually a recurring thing every month, every year, every quarter or whatever. Uh, I don't know, examples would be rent, utilities, if you have a studio or whatever. Even if you work from home, you can claim that for tax. Electricity, um, internet. Electricity, internet, Rank yes. Um, in Australia, a percentage of your house rent based on how much you use for work i believe it's similar in the u.s although i'm not american so go and check (laughs) your insurance insurance and then stuff like shopify monthly fees website um, fees you know if you have like design software any subscriptions that you have like that services Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, anything that you need to design your products accounting yeah quickbook zero all this stuff um, see, it adds up. Wait. Basically, all your expenses <laughs> that aren't part of your materials. Yes, yeah, yes. Right. But there's um, there's a limit to that. I feel like sometimes I read stuff online that I swear makes me want to punch the screen I'm reading it on. Like, <laughs> you can't put your advertising budget into your overhead. Like, that's just not a thing you do. You don't charge your customer into your, your – 
Ugh, it annoys me. I can't even make a sentence. <laughs> so, you know, some people will be like, well, every month I spend 500 bucks on advertising. So that's an overhead cost. It's not. No one forces you to, to, to use this money to spend on advertising. You don't have to make spend this money. And also, if you add that to your overhead, your prices are going to go up to the roof and you're charging your customer for the advertisement. It's just really wrong because you're going to mark up that over there. It's just not right, okay. So it's an expense. But it's, it's an not expense. Plus, that's an overhead. That's and overheads come. are something that you yeah. put into your pricing, but expenses, yeah. not always. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, the expense, like if you're going to pay for it out of your profit margin. Yes, but then you're yes, not going but to it add doesn't go into the cost. pricing of your product. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's important because if you start putting everything into your overhead, then it's just like goes crazy high because then you you know your cost is just the basis of the calculation for your product price and then you're going to have that profit multiplier that we talked about times two mm-hmm. <laughs> times <laughs> um and if you do that like yeah your prices are going to be way too high and at some point even perceived value won't help you communicate <laughs> the value of a price that high so yeah um it's you know limited to things that you need overhead of things you need to actually create and sell your products like mm-hmm. non-advertising like that. So can we just touch on the idea of wages here for a minute, please? Yes, yes. wages. Okay. Yes. So we've talked about how part of your cost, like so, so your your pricing, your maths pricing, should be paying yourself for the time it takes you to make the item, right? How about all the other time you spend on your business? Where do we put that? How do we calculate that? How do we yeah. account for that work? Because that actually ends up being an awful lot of the work you spend on your business is the time you're doing other things. Yeah, agreed. I think there's different ways of going at it. But I think maybe we're ready for that conversation around like what happens when you have the sales because that's kind of, you know, once you have the money, how do you distribute it? How do you pay yourself? Because that's where it comes from. It comes from the profit margin essentially. Mm -hmm. So if you make like, should we keep the math like super simple so we can actually do math without a calculator, (laughs) which I might still (laughs) fail at. Like say you made $1,000 in sales. So that's what you actually, your customers paid you. That's your gross income. Yeah, that's gross. (laughs) It's It's so gross. It's so gross. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great actually. Congratulations. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, $1,000. But you still have stuff to pay off that. A, the tax that we kept on mentioning. (laughs) You're going to have to get a chunk of that into another account for tax that you owe your government wherever you leave. Mm-hmm. And then other expenses like your advertising, maybe you have a, a, an assistant, maybe you have a creative director like we we're talking about, that's going to pay their wage as well. And then yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> which often we think about last. <laughs> we're like, yeah. oh, what's left? I'll take that. Um, maybe you can prioritize it. I don't know just how you do it. I follow and recommend the profit first method or something similar where you decide ahead of time essentially the percentages of distribution so you go i'll put 15 or 30 percent away for tax i'll put uh 30 percent for my own salary the rest stays in the business to cover expenses you know and you kind of decide your buckets ahead of time and then yeah we do a somewhat barefoot investor style um so barefoot investors are a book here in australia and like a, a, a theory a way to organize your money Mm. Um, now this is only really, I actually recommend profit first as uh, for people who are only earning a small amount or are just starting out. I think that's a better system because it, it depends on percentages. So it doesn't matter how much you are earning. It comes down to the percentage of what you're earning. Mm. 
tips because that's that works no matter how much you're earning or how little you're earning, right? So you take 30% no matter what for your, like you said, for your tax, 30% for your your wage or salary or whatever, and the rest of it is profit that goes, you know, pays your pays your bills, pays your expenses and keeps, you know, you have there to spend on other things on the business. Like the profit is the money that you use to buy new, new tools and pay for advertising and all that sort of stuff. Um, the way we do it, because we earn enough of a, like we got to the point in business where we were earning a certain amount every month and we knew that was pretty much guaranteed to earn that much or more every month. So I have like all these different bank accounts set up and the money, like our business money goes into one bank account and then every fortnight a certain amount of money, so not a percentage but a certain number value is automatically withdrawn from the business account and goes into our personal account. And then from there, that money is also automatically split into sub, like buckets, into sub accounts. So like Nick and I both have personal like fun money accounts and some of it goes into there. We have like a a long-term savings account. We have like a travel account. Um, We also have like a retirement account. So money comes automatically out of our uh, business account and go straight into a retirement account, which is in a completely different bank that we, it's really hard to look into because I always forget what it is. So we don't ever see that money. Like it just basically doesn't exist. And then um, within my business bank, so I have like multiple different banks <laughs> for all these things. So they're separated. Um, my business bank account, so there's the the normal business account. And then I have like a savings account, like I was talking about earlier. And every month I take a chunk of the money. Basically, I take I take almost the way I do it generally is I take almost everything that's left over after all that and I put it into the savings account. So when the next month rolls around, that that other money comes out automatically. So I save everything that's left um, unless I've uh, unless I need to like spend it on some business expense. It goes into the long term savings account, and yeah. then that's basically our profit um, bucket. I do exactly the same thing, actually. Just that's really funny. We have the same. My Nick and I. <laughs> the same barefoot investor system we um change a couple of the accounting that he recommended essentially to work Mm -hmm. for us because we wanted the travel account and he didn't have one (laughs) yeah well so do we now we feel stupid because we can't travel so (laughs) yeah but you can keep it for later and have heaps more money to travel yeah yeah, sure it'll be great one day (laughs) it's great my my travel account it just keeps getting bigger But it's like essentially for those of you who know Profit First, The Barefoot Investor is an Australian book. I think you could read it even if you're American. You Absolutely. The theory is totally, fine. The theory is totally there. You can apply it to like your own practicalities. But it's essentially the same thing as Profit First before personal mm-hmm. finances. Yeah. So it, t- it takes your wage and then cuts that into its own little buckets so that yeah. you have savings, you pay your mortgage, you have retirement, all that stuff. I didn't clarify that that money that comes out of uh, every month that comes out of the business account pays Nick's wage because Nick is employed by me. So that that goes into our personal account, which pays his wage, and it also pays my like my wage, like mm. you know. Uh, so that's our wages basically, mm-hmm. uh, which is why it goes into our personal account. And then the stuff that goes into our savings, our business savings account, uh, that's what we pay tax from. That's what I pay um, our super from. So what do they call it in America? 401k or something? Yeah, something like that. Like yeah. your retirement We have no savings. idea what we're talking about, but I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I've right. heard it said before. Yeah. So Because I have to pay a percentage of superannuation for Nick every quarter, and so mm-hmm. I pay myself the same amount that he gets paid. Um, yeah, so that's what that savings is for. 
basically mm. most of it goes back to the government. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes some of it goes, you know, to paying for advertising or buying. But you know, it's very important to understand all of that though, because like we've talked about all the like. So you have your price, then you make your sales. That's your gross revenue. That's your income that you're making in the business. From that, take money away from to ta- for tax. Put money in your whatever system you have for retirement in your country, because your employer is not doing that for you anymore. You're doing no. it for yourself. Keep money in the business to actually pay for expenses that are recurring advertisement, marketing, mm-hmm. wages, you want to hire anyone that comes out of it. Then there's also, I had another one and I just forgot what it was. <laughs> well, no, and what's the last one? The last one is paying yourself. So yeah. you know, when you look at your income, when people are like, oh, I've made like six figure this year, they definitely didn't pay themselves that much money because there was still expenses they had to pay in the business and then there was the tax and the superannuation or whatever it's called and all of that yeah uh, retirement stuff so yeah that's what you need to have in mind when you price your products is that you really my kids have just got home and they're in the background flopping on the couch because they're hot in the areas the mega flopping that just happened that's like you're so flexible at that age my god i know what that spine is doing things my back would break love it so So, yeah all of that stuff i mean i love this episode because i know some of you are probably going oh my god right now like this is so complicated but at the end of the day you'll get you'll get the hang of it you'll get your head around it you'll set up systems it'll all be fine yeah I think it's really um really important what Jess just said like you will get the hang of it Mm -hmm. and even if you are literally only making like ten dollars profit a week currently mm-hmm. start using the system now because yep. as you go along it's going to feel much more overwhelming and then you'll mm. end up like me and just be like nah just everything going on is fine yeah <laughs> it's a bad idea and hopefully it will also make you realize faster than perhaps you would have otherwise that mm. you're undercharging yes yes because yes. most of you are yeah <laughs> yes. most of you are you all are for sure and, and you know so that's hard why we to. wanted to like list all the expenses and then like because yeah. I feel like there's also like there's all the cost inside of the product. Most people forget half of the stuff in the costing of the product, but then they also assume that the revenue is a wage, and it's like no, 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 not even that. Then there's still more stuff to pay from that. So mm-hmm. when you look at your price and you're like that's very high, and you're being triggered by thoughts of like I'm not worth it, my product isn't worth it, that's too high, blah blah blah. It's like no, no, it's worth it because it's mathematically that's what you need to. <laughs> be able to pay yourself mm. at the end of the day and that's the nature of being in business you know and then you know if you start feeling like is it worth it then come and listen to our patrons only episode because we're going to talk about this exact issue of what if my product's too expensive yeah yep. so like, that'll be in two episodes um, time specifically like what if it's very time consuming to make mm-hmm. my product and so that pushes the price way up which we see that a labor lot cost, and that's i think that's a real common problem when people start yeah. paying themselves 50 cents mm. an hour because yeah. it takes yeah. 10 hours to make. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. not that's not the solution. Yeah. <laughs> so for um, a very old episode that we did a long, long time ago, we created a pricing checklist. And if you want to grab that, it might be useful for this episode too. It is available at thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash pricing. That will send you to the sign-up page. Once you pop your email and um, name, we like knowing who you are, your name in there, then you'll be forwarded to all of our downloads, but the pricing one will be in there. So feel free to jump over and do that. And is there anything else that we need to say before we say goodbye? 
I don't think so. Oh, Jess, you're muted. I'm muted. Hi. Um, <laughs> I just started talking. Um, I think this is, we could just keep talking about this forever, but, you know, do the maths. Don't be afraid of the maths mm-hmm. um, because it's going to come back and bite you in the butt eventually if you don't, yeah, don't pay attention yeah. to yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say math don't bite. No. Gesundheit, Harriet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Harriet's just sitting there eating a banana, staring at us. Amazing. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, don't be afraid of it. Just... You have to do it. And it might tell you something you don't want to hear, but you need to figure that out now. Yeah. So that you can make the changes you need to make in order to figure yeah. out how to make your product and your business sustainable and profitable in the long term. Yeah. And if you have a million questions as you go through understanding all of that, write them down, take them one by one. You will have a million questions. Every time mm-hmm. you'll uncover a new thing, you'll be like, what about this? Does that go into this or that? Just write it down. One by one, you'll work it out. Don't let yourself go overwhelmed by the amount of stuff you need to learn. You can totally do this. Just this kid is really cute in the background. <laughs> She's got her dad's Man, massive eyes. So full of banana. <laughs> And you guys probably can't see, but she's like got that sheen of like sweat from walking home from school. All right, guys, I think that's us. We're going to go and. I'll let you guys wrap up. Bananas now. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, as we said, if you if you enjoy the show, please do consider supporting us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TBOM. We are powered by makers. I want something there that's alliterative. Like, is there an M word that goes with makers? That goes powered like with powered? What? What are we oh, doing? No. Well, let's work on that. Powered <laughs> by makers. Yeah, I want like a, a moving. A, yeah, so you get it. By makers. <laughs> We move with makers. Monetarily supported by makers. No, I don't like that. We anyway, make... we're going to think about this. We're made by makers. Made by makers. Oh, my made God. Made by makers. Oh, my I God. I can't believe we didn't even think of that. <laughs> made by makers. That's like how we came up with the name of the oh, podcast. That's true. We're like throwing around all these ideas and we're like, well, we're just going to talk about business and like making and could it be like something around? It's really about like the business making. of making. It's isn't really it? about the business of making. So, what should we call it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes the most obvious thing is the best thing. <laughs> cool. Well, we're made thank by you makers. All. Thank you. We are. Um, sorry, I know Jess, you kind of did a wrap up already, but I'm back now. So, oh, Michaela's back. The one who doesn't know how to wrap la, up. La, la, la. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. We hope to uh, for you to join us again in the future. I won't say next week because I don't know if it's next week or the week after, but we'll see you. We won't see you. It's ask it. Yeah. Okay. Next episode, we're going to talk about perceived value. So that's the second part of the pricing equation. Please come and join us then. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. We'll for two more episodes. Yes, we do. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.